just wanna chill and vibe Baby girl, keep it real, no lies She said she's 21, I said alright If we gon' be grown and speak your mind I just wanna chill and vibe 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 Soon as baby turn up, you know Buddha gon' turn up Turn up, turn up, gon' turn up Soon as baby turn up, you know Buddha gon' turn up It was position. rendition of sipping the conversation what the hell is going on hey. here why am i over hey. here and you over there because the show must go on <laughs> absolutely and this absolutely. is what we do we, we, we told the people that you know they were gonna see some strange things you know what i'm saying and so ta-da doing a little something all right I'm now what's good, big big Garen? I see you out there. Everything's great. So, baby. Yes, sir. How was your day? Well, I was actually very productive and I'm thankful mm-hmm. because boy, I've been trying to set myself up for success. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. How was your day? Hey man, it was all right, you know. You have, when you're learning new things and doing new things, you know, it's always going to be uh, that fork in the road, man. But it's how you progress after that point to make it positive where you get to see the uh, fruits of your labor. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so today, mm-hmm. we have ourselves a awesome, amazing guest. He's a repeat. He's family now. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Repeat. He's a triple P. You know it's what I'm third. saying? <laughs> third, third. <laughs> and so with that being said, who do we have the pleasure of being with today? Oh, they don't know. My name is Brian Bunton. I am the founder of Sophisticated Arrogance, which is a blog for men dealing with men uh, relationship advice. Oh man, that's dope. And so, how was your day? Oh, my day was pretty hectic, but you know, it's calming down now. I'm, I'm, I'm sipping on something. And you drinking? You not even sipping, man? <laughs> we got to teach you how to sip. I guess it's a man thing. Dun dun dun. <laughs> look, look at me. Look at you. I'm almost halfway down. Pinky's up. And both of y'all. Look at both of y'all. 
Catch up. Catch up. Uh uh. So hey, before I get, I'm not gonna let y'all do this to me. Listen, okay, so for everybody that's coming in, um, Buddha is working out of town, but the show must go on. So you're probably going to see this a couple of weeks, a few more weeks uh, in this fashion that he's all the way over there. Well, where's over there, baby? That ain't their business, but you all the way <laughs> over there. Huh? Okay, you okay. here, you over there, and okay. I'm over here. Uh, so that's how we're gonna be rolling. So uh, we appreciate you all for rolling with us. You know what I'm saying? This is our 13th season. Our season is yeah. run 12 weeks. For those that don't know, that come in. Okay, so you know, generally when you hear about a season, that's what it's like a year, right? Well, we're gonna call our season 12 weeks. So that's what it is. Okay. And this is episode two of 12 of our season 13. So that means we've been around for a little minute, y'all. We've been hanging in there. Yeah. So to get out some of the preliminaries, you know, all that other good stuff, you can find us on YouTube. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, uh, all of them. You can mm-hmm. find us. And how do you find yeah. us? Well, we are Sipping, S-I-P-P-I-N-A-N-D, Conversations with an S. Okay, Sipping in Conversations with Buddha and Baby. But if you just actually put in Sipping in Conversations, you will find us. Trust and believe we are out in these social media streets. Yeah, okay? we in these streets. And we appreciate you all coming back, season, week, all of that, episode after episode. Um, but what we would really appreciate, this is free. This that free stuff, is to like, follow, and share. That part. All right. That's how we bust down these algorithms. Like, follow, True. share. Comment. All right. And please note, this is a mature audience platform you don't know what you i'm gonna say something. you gonna you gonna hear it um so you keep riding with us we got you if you have any topics or stories that you would like to be presented on the platform and you want to remain anonymous you are more than welcome to hit us up in our dm True. or you can email us at buddha and baby at gmail.com all right any events, you can find us at www.bootandbaby.com. So we out there, like I said, we out there in these social media streets. Um, the best way probably, I guess, to find all of the platforms, one place is to actually go to our website. Again, bootandbaby.com. B-U-D-D-H-A and A-N-D, baby. B-A-B-I. That's baby with an I, not a Y. Right. We gonna fly. All right. Hey. So if you don't stick around to the end, you don't hear that. So I'm gonna, I'm putting it in the beginning. So what? I got you, baby. Very good. I got uh, so last uh, week, Buddha. What's okay? What, what happened last week? Oh, well, last week. Well, before I get into last week, baby. Um, I had a question for Mister 
up for Mr. Bunting. Mm-hmm. So, so, man, you got this sophisticated arrogance. Mm-hmm. Platform. Yeah. Yeah. That men need to understand and know about. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. was what was uh the idea? What what started this idea? Wait, wait or not? Not yet. Okay. We gonna get to him. You just went straight <laughs> for the throat. That's it. All right. Last week, Buddha. Well, last week, baby, we talked about what do you prefer. To be needed or wanted. And for myself, I started out on this journey, right? Yeah, I first started to say I wanted to be wanted. I wanted to be desired. That's where I was in the beginning of the show. But after we narrated, uh, we went through all the red tape and understanding, I came with the epiphany that I really desired to be needed more than more. Because if I choose to be the protector, provider, and the fight later, I'm three Ps, right? If that's where I choose to be in life and want to be in life for my woman, if she denies me that, that hurts more than the woman. Okay. So that's your desires is to be needed versus to be wanted. Need, need to fill those roles in my significant uh, other's life comes before the one for me. You know okay. what I'm saying? And that's fine. And then I, you know, my opinion is I, you know, at a point in my life, I had this need. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of it was geared around my, um, I, what, what would I think? my um i don't want to say independence but more control it was like a control thing um to have my life in a certain fashion so all the other things can take place so i i i felt like you know and it was a need but as i got older excuse me scratch that rewind Oop. as i got more seasoned and more experienced in my life i want to be wanted you know, for me, I, I, I desire to be wanted versus needed. I mean, you know, there's going to be intricate details in your life where, you you, you know, I want to be needed, of course. But I want you to want to be with me. I want you to want to do whatever it is you're, you know, providing, pipe land, protecting. I want, because if you want to do it, then it'll flow easy. And it doesn't seem where, it doesn't seem to me that it's all dictated like it's not like a dictatorship like if i don't do this this won't happen it's like if you want to do something you're going to do it so that's my take how do you feel <laughs> i feel like i have a deja vu moment uh-oh um yeah of course yeah, you right. are. <laughs> <laughs> you can easily answer this and it's, and I, i'll put some explanation behind it and it's going to, and i'm going to say i'd rather want to be needed mm-hmm. and i'll explain to you why Right? Because to need somebody, like when somebody needs you, they're dependent on you. And with that dependency comes respect. Want somebody is a desire. Like I always compare want and need to love and respect. Love is to want. 
need is to respect. Like when somebody wants you, what happens when they don't want you no more? And you don't control that. They control whether they want you or not. Mm -hmm. You control whether they need you or not, though. And I know that that sounds kind of selfish, but when you're looking at the long, the overview of it, I would rather be in a position where I'm needed because I, as a man, I, I want to be respected before I want to be loved. Do I want both? Yes. Absolutely. But if I had to make a choice, I would rather be needed because I want to be respected. And that's and all of everything is right because it's going to depend on where you are at your point in time where you you know what level you're at what desires you have you know for your long term and all of that so everything is right and that's why i said there's areas where i do have you know i, I feel i, I want to be needed you know but not to the point where a person takes advantage of that right right you know what i'm yeah, saying right. and it and it gets complicated sometimes drawing boundaries on that 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 area because if a person, especially depending on their motive, mm -hmm. right. you know, or their their reasoning behind whatever, if they are a needy person and you need that, you need certain things for certain things, fulfillment or whatnot, mm -hmm. and they know that, then they're only going to be doing things, you know, put you where, you know, it's like they're taking advantage of you ultimately. I mean, you're being fulfilled because you're being needed. But they're actually taking advantage of you because they know you're the type of person that if I do this, 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 these are the things. So it goes, right. yes, it could be respectful, but in, but in certain people, depending on where their mindset is, they could actually mm -hmm. uh, be, you know, taking advantage. You know, I don't want, you know, there's other words to use, yeah. but they're ultimately they're, right. they take advantage yeah. of a good thing. Yeah, I think there's pros and cons to each one. Yeah, I mean, it's it just I, I think a lot of it. That answer will depend on where you are in life. Yeah. Um, you know, like if I, the younger me would have wanted to be wanted, the older me is like I want to be needed because for me, need is more more rooted in security. Mm -hmm. It's in respect, like, and that's what's important to me. You still want to be wanted though, like Absolutely. you would want both, right? I don't I want to be. Yeah, like, I need yeah. a nice blend. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So that was just a little recap so the people in the bike will understand what we talked about last week. But you're also able to check out that episode, which was our season uh, 13, episode one. Um, was last week, Wednesday, and we are live every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern time. So if you would like to get more input, you know, on the depth of what we talked about and just certain points that we made, uh, mm -hmm. And if you have a comment, you know, we could possibly repeat that, you know, and expand on your input. So feel free to reach back and you can check us out on all our platforms. If you can't watch a live, but you're in a position where you can just listen to the audio. Again, we are on all the audio, major audio platforms. All right. All y'all got these iPhones. So, yes, we on iTunes. Huh? Okay. <laughs> so, but for my Android people, we out there in this uh audio streets too okay very good <laughs> now, okay uh we're gonna jump right into it now buddha and uh <laughs> let some of our new uh simples welcome welcome back all simples and welcome new simples to the sipping and conversation with buddha and baby show yes and tonight we are joined by Mr. Bunton, 
of sophisticated arrogance. And go, Buddha. Well, I mean, he's a he's a man. He's a, he's a man of many talents. Number one. Oh but, yeah, he know how to get your temperature up. Yeah, he's a man of many talents. But the first thing I like to ask him, man, what made you number one come up with the blog, sophisticated arrogance? And what made you feel like the need needed to be had? Okay. Okay. So it all started from me writing books, right? So I wrote my books, The Dear One and I Haven't Slept With Books. And so, you know, I had to promote the books. And right, and so yeah. promoting the books, I created like, you know, social media accounts and I would talk about like things that were pertaining to my books, such as relationship issues and stuff. And so in my years of doing it, I promoted this book for years. And in my years of doing it, I kind of noticed like a disparity. Like, most of the stuff that we did was geared towards women. And when I looked around at my contemporaries at that point in time, they were doing the same thing. Everybody was out there giving coaching advice to women. Right. And in my mind, and I'm like, this doesn't make sense because we're only educating one gender. Right. And then, you know, the men are feeling a way about that because it's like, just imagine as a man, right? You have another man or a woman who's a relationship coach talking on your behalf, right? And they're like, I don't believe that crap. Like, but you're talking on my my behalf. Like, men are going to say this and men are going to do that. And if a man doesn't do this and he's not that, and men are looking like, that's not that's not how we operate in real life. Yeah, that's not <laughs> like, the best. That's the reason why you you still single because you listening to that garbage. And so for me, it was like I felt like I needed to kind of talk to my brothers because I felt like women were out there being uh, equipped with all of this knowledge, and men weren't, and men didn't have a chance because the times are changing quickly. Women are becoming way a lot more independent. Some of them are even becoming masculine. And it's like the the the, the, the environment has changed for, for dating, period. And the, today's men, especially the young boys, don't have a chance because the women at age are way more advanced than them. So it's like I wanted to come in there like a big brother or unk, like they affectionately call me, unk, you know, and try to, you know, give them some principles to live by. But it's not an easy thing because as a man, you know how it goes. We don't really take advice from other men. We only t- we only take advice from men that we respect, yeah, right? Absolutely. So I had to make it my focus to be one of those dudes, like an older brother. Like I'm not here lecturing you from a pulpit. I'm walking beside you, talking to you like you're my brother, because I go through the same things as you. Like a lot of people put on this perfectionist act. I'm perfect. I, I did everything perfect. I got the perfect life, the perfect wife, and you should do what I do. Nah, I'm out here making mistakes every day. And I just want my followers to know, like, hey, everything that I'm telling you is stuff that I've been through and learned the hard way, and I don't want you to go through it. And I like, you know, I like the way you do put out the scenarios because it be a lot of real life scenarios, you know, um, yeah. that that happen. You know, I, I mean, I know the the masses of women don't want to hear it. <laughs> However, it's the reality of the times we are living in. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not like it's just something made up. This is like really happening somewhere in multiple 
households. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the two men or the two women or the, the baby outside of the, the marriage or, you know, whatever, all those different things. And so it is helpful as a woman. I think it's helpful that men are being raw with men and holding them accountable. Mm -hmm. Because that's one of the big things that I I prefer. Yes, it's fine. You all come together and join hands, kumbaya. But how are you holding your brother accountable for these things? And so with, you know, what you got going on and everything with your books and all the things, you know. And then I know with Buddha and, and Crow having the talks. Mm -hmm. That's another platform. So it's it's giving you. I think it's a great thing to see the movement for men coming together now. Like, and I'm gonna stick my side. In, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, just but you know, like I got you, bro. But I'm gonna check you at the same time. Right. And with that being said, man, like shout out to like uh, Kevin Samuels, even though people hate him, because I think what he did is that he put this in the spotlight. Like he said, we have a voice now. You know, people have been doing it for a long time, but he's like the voice now. He's been stepped out in the forefront, and he made it okay for men to say what they think and what they feel. So shout out um, to that, brother. And, you know, and, and one of the things about my blog and my page, and anybody who follows me can attest to this, is that it's not a pickup site. It's not about how to get women. It's not what we do over there. What it's about is having moral standards, principles that you live by, Right? So that you can make better decisions and be confident about yourself because, you know, the pickup lines isn't what helps you get women. It's about being confident about yourself and knowing what you want to do with your life, having direction and being a leader and coming to a woman and say, this is what I'm about. This is the direction I'm going in. Are you coming with me? And that's what I'm teaching. I mean, yeah. and just... I know I'm gonna get, I'm gonna let you. I'm sorry, Buddha, but I, what I'm thinking because I'm you know I gotta talk from the woman perspective. It it no, it's not a pickup line and you know pickup site. But what happened is the more the men are being prepared, mm -hmm. the more hashtag men are the prize. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, <laughs> and you're walking in confidence that I know what I I'm an assured man. I'm confident. I'm prepared. Mm -hmm. I am, you know, I'm vulnerable, but at the same time, I know as a man how to have boundaries. And so, and I'm going to, and I'm going to stand firm on that because how would you respect me as a man if I don't lay this foundation out and walk it, not just talk the thing is I'm walking in this. So in essence, you're going to probably want me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I like to call it the mystique. Yeah. Being in, no, I'm with you. in the room and you just have this silent confidence and people are looking at you and staring at you because you're confident in yourself. It's not about, you know, even though it's called sophisticated arrogance, it's not really about being arrogant. It's really just all about um, being confident, know what you stand for as a man. And like you said, hashtag men are the prize. And you know, it's funny. People get offended when you say that. Oh, yeah. I know. Like, oh, no, you're not. But, and, and here's the thing, and, and nobody's saying that women aren't amazing. 
women are amazing and nobody is saying that women are women are not prizes because women are prizes too. It's just more so the fact that, hey, as men, we need to kind of reinforce that, hey, we bring value to relationships and having me in your life is a good thing. What say ye, old great Buddha? <laughs> Man, I'm not going to spend much time on this because obviously we got bigger, bigger fish to fry tonight. But I'm just astounded how aligned we are, man. Like I, you know, I've been paying attention to the sophisticated arrogance page, you know, and then, you know, I got, we have the movement of hashtag men are the prize in the talk. And we're trying to kind of like make this a more understandable worldwide idea for men themselves. But the the alignment is there, man. And, And that's just, astounding how two men who doing doing their things this is kind of further uh counts where we going in life and where we should be going you know what i'm saying so i appreciate you doing i honor you being the prize that you are and the things that you're doing and i'm just happy to, to know you and we can make this thing a better make this thing make this world a better place for us men by holding us accountable you got it. You got it. But accountability with accountability with love. Yeah. Because creates like, you know, um, aggression issues with each other. And, you know, it's all about respecting each other and not talking down to each other. And, you know, really wanting to help the other person instead of saying, look, I'm better than this guy because I do ABCD. Like, that's Mm -hmm. that's not what we do here. Mm -hmm. We help each other. We pull each other to the side and we say, hey, brother, if I was you, I wouldn't do this because of ABC or whatever. So, you know, we just got to keep the movement positive and make it about helping each other. And I'm glad we, we, we said all these things because it's actually a great segue into our topic tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's go. Give us a minute. Go ahead and uh, go tank, go tinkle. Sipping in conversation. Uh, 
talking about tonight you know uplifting encouraging empower the mission statement absolutely uh accountability that's it and so um those are just a few comments that came in as you all were doing the uh first half of our show and uh that's 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 important you know and it goes a little bit Personally, I think it goes into what we're talking about tonight as far as the topic, which is what is black culture? When you hear black culture, what do you all think of? We'll start with our special guest. When I, when I think of black culture, I think of all the things that we created and we started and passed on the others. When I think about it, I think about the clothing we wear. I think about the music we play, the food we cook, um, all of that attributes to black culture. But black culture is big. And like, you know, what we were saying behind the scenes, you have American black culture and then you have international um black culture but it's everything that we put our hands on because everything we put our hands on is something just incredible and everybody just wants to mimic it mm -hmm. right think about it think about the music right we started rock and roll we started jazz right and it just transcended look at hip-hop hip-hop is transcended right it is something that is loved all all over the world all over fashion sense right we create the more a lot of the trends for the clothing we're the ones who make sneakers popular. It's us, right? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, black culture. Buddha, when you when you hear black culture, what comes to mind? Oh, you froze, baby. All right. So until he unfreezes, I'll I'll go with what I think or what I think of. So when I think of, when I hear about black culture, I'm thinking like, you know, Christianity, right? And trends. Uh, and the reason why I say Christianity is because when most, many most black households foundation was built from a religious perspective was built off of Christianity. And so they do all the things, church, go to Bible study, Sunday school, go do all the things, you know, and just all of that. Um, and then, of course, 
part of what you were saying about trends, you know, like the fashion, like we're like trendsetters. Mm -hmm. So I think of that. And, and this is me speaking from the westernized, Americanized black culture. Uh, because I was talking with Buddha behind the scenes. I really didn't grow up being educated on black culture. I just kind of evolved in it as I was growing up, you know, just, and so whatever I saw on TV and streets or whatever, that's what I, that was the illusion of what I assumed black culture was. And it wasn't until my adulthood that I started like, wait, it's more to this thing than just shaking your booty and, you know, Hennessy and, you know, all of the, those certain things like that. So that's just the shortcut version for me. And go Buddha. You're on mute, babe. You still Can muted? You hear me? Yes, I got you. you, you hear me? All right. Everybody has valid points, man. I'm not going to take away from them. Um, but I'm gonna come from a different angle. It's of my other two panel mates. When I think of black culture, I think of the struggle. I think of 400 years of oppression, the slavery. I think of the lack of reciprocity. I think all that we all wanted that we felt like we ain't getting, we haven't got yet. You know what I'm saying? That is the imprint of what black culture is in America for me. You know what I'm saying? Because other than you don't have any identity at all to the to the fact that everything in America we've been taught by somebody other than black. If you go all the way back to our roots of coming here, they killed all our ideals, belief systems, and gave us a new one, you know? And we are trying to find our way. We're trying to find our way through mm -hmm. all the hypocrisy, lies that we've been told and, and create something from that. Absolutely. And it's funny that you said, you know, about the identity because when I Googled, <laughs> Um, what is black culture? It ended up one of the things that popped up was a lifestyle standard made of assumption about black identity. So the fact that that's what came up, and then it says often used successfully by marketers, mm -hmm. uh, studio heads, mm -hmm. fashion brands, and music labels to make money. I agree. And and it, it actually saddened me because it's true to to you know based on all the things. And I and it all and I also saw which kind of went with some of my other thoughts that about that I had. Well and then things that I would be seeing throughout social media and so forth. Um, mm -hmm. Black culture is not proprietary to black people, which 
when I posted this on my page a couple weeks ago, last week, I believe, um, they were like, you know, it's hard for us to really say what our culture is because whenever we put something out there, it's always taken, you know, for monetary purposes, most likely, you know, and utilized. And so that, again, saddens me because here I am a full-blown black woman and I am really, truly in the last, let's say 10 years of my life, starting to really understand my identity. And then I'm finding out that, which I mean, I mean, I knew I was always, it was always monetary. I was always monetized, I guess, you know, because if you take it back to slavery, it was always about the benefit, you know, but it just got to be like, well, what do I really, what am I supposed to really be identifying with? Because back to what you said, Buddha, a lot of our true culture was stripped away. So as you go through the years and the generations, the broken links and nothing was being sustained, you just begin to acclimate to whatever is what you, you know, you, you, you you cultivate into. Right, right, right. I agree. Uh, you know, and that's why I say American black culture is really just based off of us making the best of what was given to us. Um, think about the food that we eat. Like, we, we, we love it now, but do you really think like chitlins and things of that was like our choice? It was, you know, leftover food, things that were left that we had to make good out of. Um, just with anything else, um, hip hop, right? Hip hop is, you know, the result of, you know, us, you know, making music based off of the elements around us, right? Mm -hmm. Dancing, graffiti, all of that stuff was stuff based off of, you know, the tools that we had making things around us. And you brought a good point about it not being proprietary, right? Because that's really what the issue is. The issue is that once we think of something uh, it, and it's considered profitable, uh, everybody wants a part of it, right? Think about think about the music industry, right? The positive of it is that it made a lot of black millionaires out of people that normally wouldn't have had that opportunity because they didn't have any skill set other than, you know, what was you know, other than hip hop, mm -hmm. but at the same time, they exploited us, so they made more money than us, the, the white folks, on it, right? So, you know, it isn't proprietary, but it took a lot of people out of uh, out of poverty. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, it was used in in many aspects. It it was used to everybody's advantage mm -hmm. as as a, as a, as applicable, right. I guess. However, you know, I know as a black person and as many blacks see that they started the hip hop, they started the cornrows, they, they as in us, we started this, we started that, and then they get upset. But then it's like, so I then in turn get upset because there's no cohesiveness within the, within the black community to come together to actually own something for sustainable purposes. Yeah, that's not going to happen. You see what I mean? And so it's like, 
how do we put ourselves in a winning position if the only thing within our culture we do best i'm not saying all let's be clear i'm just speaking overall is be crowds in the bucket mm-hmm. having that in that slave mentality you know how do you become free if yeah. it's always that tug of war within your own culture so they they the masses to whom it may concern will always exploit us mm-hmm. i think a lot of it is that there's no unity and the reason that there's no unity is because there's no clear direction, meaning that all black people have a different perception of what black culture should be and what's the next step forward. You know, we some of us may praise hip hop. There's black people that disdain that, you know, disdain it because they feel like it's taking us backwards. Yeah. Right? So that's always going to be the issue. The issue is Who's driving the who's driving black culture? Who is who are the leaders of the culture? Who are the ones that are going to define how we move going forward? And it's nobody, because nobody gets along with each other. And the thing about black people, we ain't followers. So everybody's gonna wanna do their own thing. <laughs> right. Right. You know, um, you know, look at it like you know, you can have you have people on different spectrums. You have somebody like um Jay-Z, right? Mm-hmm. Who's a, a billionaire, right? Yeah. Successful billionaire. Right, and you would think that hey, he's a role model to a lot of the young people out there that came from the hood. It's like you can make it, but there's a lot of black people that don't like him because they look at it as oh, you know, he's he, he, you know, he's an example of you can sell drugs and then be rich. And so, you get what I'm saying? We we have a divide, you know, and we're not necessarily happy for each other, especially people who don't do things the way that we would want them to do it. We're not happy for them. So that's what the, that's what the real issue is, you know. I mean, but see, here's the thing, guys. Here's the thing, guys. We have an opportunity right here, right now, to change the narrative and take back our own ideas and make it positive about what black culture could be, not what it is or what we think it is. You know, how many times you as a black man? How many times you as a black man, right? walk down the street and see a young lady, white young lady, or Spanish, whoever, or uh, Asian, you can call it any other race other than black. And the first thing they do, if you're not in a suit tie, they clench their purse. You know what I'm saying? Even if it's for a moment, that's the ideology. This is what they think of us. How do we change that narrative? How many times you walk into a, a shopping a shopping mall, grocery store, and you see this young lady who has two kids, black young lady who has two kids and wearing a shower cap. And the first thing you think she is ignorant and doesn't have no class, but you never got an opportunity to get to know that person for who she is, right? Mm-hmm. You think every, all men, you think all black men wants to take the quick way to get ahead. Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with media representation of us. Yeah. I mean, the media does a a, a, a damn good job. We have no work ethic. Yeah. The media so really, speak. especially now, the way that technology... We have the opportunity to change the narrative. Techno- oh, he's, his, his signal coming in and out. I'm saying I'm cutting in and out. So boy. No, you're fine. 
It's just the way social media is depicting us. But we, but we know this. And that's the thing. We know that in all the good, in all the black communities or people of color community that is happening, the only time you're really going to see something is when it's bad. Like we don't, we, we, it's not like we don't know this. So what do we do? We use our platforms as such and we actually go and we go into those communities Mm -hmm. so that again, like I always tell Buddha, you know, let people, and I'm always saying, look, if we're going to keep focusing on what was not happening, we're not going to be putting the energy in the progress that's in progress. Mm -hmm. And so it's going to always be an unbalanced scale. He'll come back. It's always going to be an unbalanced scale. And that's where we get into, you know, the back and forward. And and and, and I'm not saying that it's bad or good. It just it's one of those is situations. And so how do you roll with it? Well, you change. We got to learn how to change. We have to be willing to change the narrative. Because until we do decide ultimately that we're going to change the narrative, we're going to continuously be included. We're going to be screwed because many cult other races and nationalities, they're studying us so that they can monetize. They're looking at the fact that we're going to buy these J's. We're standing in line by the groves to buy something, they're going to go and invest in those stocks, and then when they see that it's not no longer benefited, being you know being used, they go and they sell it, and they you know, but they made money mm-hmm. in that window of time. Mm-hmm. Come on, baby. I agree with you, but I'll add one more thing to this. This is sad. They will they will buy these Jordans. But then they'll laugh at the Lonzo Balls or the Soldier Boy coming up with the, the, you know, with the ideas to strengthen our country. I mean, our our heritage and our culture by making bringing it to our people. They'll laugh because oh, it ain't Jordan, it ain't that name brand. So they feel like they can stand behind it because it ain't got that name brand they need for it to be validated. But it goes that back is to, an issue. It goes back, you know what I'm saying, to what many see as our culture. Fashion. We're big on fashion. I said trends, but it's more like fashions. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we 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 actually give value to a lot of these European desires, and I I, I see where you're hitting, man. You're like, why can't we do the same for ourselves, right? We we're the ones yeah. that, you know, got like Gucci or Prada and all of that stuff popping in the hood, right? Right, why in the hood. Like, why can't we do that for our own black designers, you know, people coming up? Right, so you make a good point there. I mean, um, I, I, you know what? But I think with that issue, to be honest, I think it's, it's exclusive to American black culture. I don't think that's an issue anywhere else. The reason being is because everywhere else has a home. 
Like, so whenever time when people try to compare black people to other races, they'd be like, oh, well, you know, the Chinese are minorities and the Indians are minorities and they're still able to do great things and we're not doing such and such. And I'd be like, they have a home that they identify to and they all have something that keeps them connected. We don't have anything that keeps us connected as black Americans. Mm -hmm. We're not connected to each other. We don't, we don't see, we, we don't see ourselves as a monolithic group. We're just a whole bunch of black people that are here due to slavery and that we're free. Mm -hmm. We don't have a home to go to. Where you going if they said it's time to go home? Where you going? Come right back here to Orlando, right? Right. Like, but you got the Africans. What's home? They're going to Nigeria. What's home? I'm going to Ghana. What's home? We're going to Botswana. It's a home. They have a home. They have something to be proud of. Think of any other culture. The Mexicans, they're going home. Where's home? Mexico. The Indians, what's home? India. Yeah. They have something that they can identify with that is home. Yeah. We don't have a home. America We're renting. Is. America is the home that we're renting. We're 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 uh indefinitely renting here. This ain't our country. We just live here. We don't have a home. <laughs> and then for me, this is my home because this is where I was born. You yeah, know what right. I'm saying? So if I'm gonna identify what's my home, America. So I, you know, I and I'm glad be, that you said that. You know but, but, but think about an Irish American. They're born here and they're Irish American. But what's home to them? Ireland. Because that's how that's that's their culture. We lost culturally. That connection. We 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 don't have nobody there that we really know to be connected to somebody. Exactly, because they did that intentionally. Right. They came. They... And then we're here, broken, <laughs> dismantled, and broken. And we're, we're, we're struggling to keep a community-based mentality. Yeah, think think about it. Most of us cannot name our family heritage a tree past our great-grandparents. All right. I get it. I mean, they brainwashed us from the beginning. Yeah, right? a good majority of us don't know our family tree history after 1875. Some of us can't even get to 1900. Like, it's bad. You know, I'm we thankful. I, I actually knew my great grandfather. Mm -hmm. You know, I that was one I was one of the of the grandchildren that was able to actually know know him. You know, he was old as all as hell. He was like a hundred years old. So but and that was when I was like seven. You know, he was like a hundred, he would have, you know what I'm saying? He was old, but there was history, but it was back then because he escaped slavery, so many things were kept quiet. Mm -hmm. And that's another part of why our culture, we don't know how we cannot really truly identify because so much had to be quieted. Mm -hmm. And therefore we created our own culture. That's here. Um, you know, as much as we're African-American, none of us really, none of us that were born here or had family rooted in slavery knows anything about our African ancestry. They didn't, they wouldn't talk about it, especially if they escaped. They didn't, they weren't supposed to be where they was at. They got new names. We might not even really supposed to be the name that we actually have now. Which yeah. then in turn yeah. means how do you really identify with something if you actually, your beginning might not even be true. Right. <laughs> So, man, I guess my question would be, I guess my question would be is, how do we uh, change that narrative? How do we get our people to have the pride that they need to have? I'm not saying they don't have it now, but 
we're getting to a point where we we want better, we want more, and a lot more people are fighting for the same cause. But then, how do we yeah, change? How do we progress that narrative? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I guess that's I the way the make the better way. I think it's unity. <laughs> it's more about unification. Yeah, but I, you know, I'm a firm believer that progress is in progress. Progress huh? is in progress, and we have to I, I continue it. to teach our children, me, teach my grandchildren. I have to just keep on. I got grandchildren. Yes, I do. Uh, so <laughs> I need to be. <laughs> I guess if you got some, I got some too, baby. <laughs> yes, sir. We somebody's nailing poppy. So we just have to, even though it may have stopped at a point to move forward, that's where we need to go. We need to take where we at and move forward. And I think that if we continue, because somewhere along the lines, it's got to get poured into somebody. And so I'm not going to say it's a lost cause for us as adults, but how do we show our next generation and the generations to come, how do we bring them up through the, you know, through the gap? True. How do we get them, uh, help them fill in the gap? It might not so, be in my lifetime, but I do think that at some point, because progress is in progress, that uh -huh. there will be... Uh, it may not be the culture that we, where it originated, but I do feel because it is in progress, there's many aspects that are, that are, that are here. And so when we talk more okay. next week, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about some of the uh, African, I mean, African culture, you know, more international culture. So we will be able to, um, show the difference and that goes back to what you were saying how do we do this we have to show people what is actually happening current day in uh, internationally versus what's happening in the westernized uh, aspect of it all so i'm with it but i like to challenge those who are in the who are in the comments and you know, who will watch it watch this later and want to comment i want your aspect on it i want to see what you feel black culture is to you you know what i'm saying I and mean, i can get my perspective and my idea you know bunting can get his idea double b i call him he can give his idea baby you can give yours you know but we will get a better consensus where we are as a culture if we know what people idea ideology of our culture is right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. absolutely you see what I'm saying? because the said they didn't agree uh because okay. as a person that's african caucasian and native my home is here which pretty much what i was saying you know but again uh, what you said is true a lot of irish americans they associate with their family's native home because a lot of their families are, someone is probably still there. They still celebrate St. Patrick's Day. You know, <laughs> um, I don't Hell, know we celebrate St. Patrick's Day. Right. Shit, we're going to drink that grain whiskey too. Okay. And we're going to celebrate every every I, aspect you know, of. I, I, want, I, want them, I want them all to celebrate Juneteenth now. 
Yeah, Juneteenth is the one. It's official. Let's get it. That's, that's what I want them to do. Let's get it. Okay. We got Juneteenth. Uh-huh. Hopefully, eventually, in this lifetime, they'll give us our reciprocity. No? What? Too much. I no. get it. I, I totally so, get it, baby. Yeah, I, yeah, I they, they, it. If they want to give us a thing, we gave it to us already. We don't know how to do it. You did it to everybody else. You <laughs> gave it to the Japanese when they were in the internment camps during World War II. You did, did it Jewish. to the Jews for the Holocaust. Yeah. yeah. They found a way. They, I mean, like, they, they don't want to do it. Well, we ain't even going to talk about that. Yeah, we're just going to let that be. I mean, but you right. I mean, do you think that um, when going back to that idea of reciprocity, right? Amongst us black people is prevalent on the reason why we are so separated. Right? Some people want to move in the future and get and thinking we are in a better position. I don't like your signal. So I'm gonna tell you my theory on why we're so separated. When you're done, right? You know, what I'm saying we are acting like we should. You know, you know, go ahead and give me my uh, reciprocity. I mean, what's my restitution or what, what the hell they call that? Reparations. That thing. Reparations. reparations now. So like, they can't even move past reparations on some shit that they wasn't really a part of. Their forefather was. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They want to collect off their forefather, which I understand, but this is where they're at. Yeah. But what they going to do with it? You know what I'm saying? Like, why they keep looking these coins? They keep looking in the rearview mirror, right? How are you going to keep going forward when you're looking backwards the whole time? You know what I'm saying? So I, I mean, oh, man. Just I, a, I want to say something, but I think I'm going to, if I say this, it's going to take no, a No, say it. No, no. Jackson, because guess what? Next week we're gonna continue this topic. Then we can, uh, so we we so we gonna wrap it up. We're gonna spin us out of control, but it's something to think about. Right? I mean, we can add on to it yeah, for our, yeah, for our yeah, next one. So, yeah, so bring that, know, bring it up. And as I'll far as that, there's, a, there's an underlying system, right, of what I like to call institutionalized racism, which keeps us in the position that we are, right? And I call it the assimilation theory. It's like, hey, you have a group of us that feel like the way to success is assimilation. Assimilation is becoming like those in the majority to get ahead. And then you have some of us that are like, I want to be my own person and create my own culture. And they're they're always conflicting. And so the way that this system works is we allow a certain sub, a certain a group of these uh, minorities, such as black people, to be successful. Influences. And they can look at the other black people and be like, I did it. How come you can't do it? Uh-huh. And the reality is, is that you can't. And I always tell people this question, and this is something to think about before we leave. And I even want my viewers to think about this question, right? You know how they always talk about, you need to go to school and go to college and get a degree and you can be successful? Here's my question for you. If more of us would, if more of us got degrees, would it be more jobs for us, or would it be just more of us fighting for the same jobs? Yeah. What do you think about that? Yeah. <laughs> think about that. Cause what? Cause all they do is push. They just push the thing back. They just push it back. Yeah. Look, look, look. Black women are like flourishing. The 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 highest population getting degrees, by far. 
But is it creating more opportunities for them, or is it creating more competition for them? Yep, amongst each other, right? Remember, you remember back in the day out of high school, you can get a great paying job. Now you gotta, you can't. Back in the degree, you still working at Starbucks, right? Master's degree, they want to pay right. you ten dollars an hour, right? Like, but they set it up in a way that they allow a select few of us to succeed. So that they look at the rest of us and say they did it. How come you can't do it? Even though they know that you can't do it because it's just like not a few. They want to get through the door. That's how it works. Think about your jobs. There's tokens. Tokens is hey, we're gonna put one black person. If you ever looked at a company, and you look at, you can have a company that can be like, hey, we have sixty percent of our employees are black. We're doing great. But when you go into upper management, executive management, it's only one out of like fifty. Yep. And that's how they get you. Yeah. Uh brother uh brother brother Don says something that um that resonates with me. I understand it totally, man. You know, like reciprocity, I mean reparation is important because the ancestors our ancestors were uh promised land. If we had that land over several generations, we would have this is indeed true. Uh the place home connection with it. I, I, I agree with that. Yeah. But then they're not giving us land. Yeah, I'm glad he made that comment. There's a there's a book if anybody is look, listening should read about this. It's called Color of Law, and the book explains how we got into the situations we got into as far as not being able to get housing, and we're just starting late. Whereas white people were able to get houses as little as ten thousand dollars in the 1920s and 30s, and now they have so much equity. And that house is worth three, four hundred thousand dollars, but we weren't allowed to buy houses and stuff in the barrel of the red line. So, color of law, Google it. It's a really dope book. I, I mean, I agree with what, the, what he's saying, but I'm gonna ask this question, right? Because obviously, they're not gonna give us land. They're gonna give us money. That's what they want. So, how many uh, you feel who get this money is gonna invest in that land? Hey. Hey, do, do, have you guys ever watched the Dave Chappelle show? Because he had a skit about this. Have y'all ever seen it? Yeah, I got to YouTube it. He had a skit. It said, what would happen if black people got reparations? And the skit was real funny because black people went out and bought, they they took uh, Cadillac out of business so everybody bought Escalades. KFC became the largest corporation in the, in the world because everybody got fried chicken, the richest black man in the world. Won, won all his money in a dice game, right? And then a couple of years, we gave all the money back to the white people. Yeah. <laughs> like a million. I'm thinking, but, I'm thinking about it. They going to get their butt lift. They going to get their BBW. I mean, BBL. Like, the Dominican Republic is no be, longer going to be a third world. This is what they did. Like, out there to get surgery. They're going to be a multi-million dollar country. Like, I'm taking really in my mind. I mean, true. Real, real shit. Like, think about it. Like, so a blueprint, a blueprint is this PPP loan, right? You had an opportunity. You know, you, know, <laughs> you had some guys who really did what they supposed to do. You know what I'm saying? Really but it, what they were supposed to do. Supposed to do, but then you had those who tried but to take advantage. Those people. What, what were <laughs> they supposed to do? Wasn't that like to pay your staff and stuff and like office expenses? Or I mean, it was supposed to grow your business. You supposed to use it for your business, right. not for butt flips. Like Royce's. 
they buy a book. They actually hit the, hit the jackpot. The jackpot. Guess what? They good. They ain't got to pay it back. And they ain't going to do no prison time. Guess who they going to go after? All those little people, minorities, blacks, that lied already, that went to Puerto Rico, that went and got their tummy tuck, that did all the stupid shit. You know what I'm saying? Those are the ones that's gonna pay the price for those three million dollars that went to the other to the other people that actually was frauding too. Which is sad. So we as a culture, we gotta do better. We gotta do better. And we definitely I know it's in progress. I know my people are in progress, but we have we must, it is imperative that we have unity. We have to. I don't care if it's just this segment over here because I'm going to tell y'all, and I say this all the time, Buddha know, at the end of the day, it's not going to be about race. It's going to be about class. Rich, poor. So while everybody worrying about all this other stuff in between, putting their emphasis on that, at the end of the day, it's going to be rich or poor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, That's my theory. People are there making some really good I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm going to say you're right, but I say, I'm going to say us as a culture, we've been on that shit way too long. We've been on the, we've been on a rich or poor idea since the beginning, since uh, we were integrated in high school, right? Because as soon as we got Yeah, I just, I just think I integrated with yeah, that we are better than our kinsmen. I get that, but why I'm saying it's going to be between rich and poor is because no matter what your race is, because we all know reality, look. realistically, within every race, there are poor. Trailer park, trash, the the this, the that, whatever little low class name they give mm -hmm. them, okay, the low class within every race, right? All them right. are all the ones that's the low class in each race gonna be come. That's when the unity gonna really show up kick in because it ain't gonna be. That's when all the races gonna have to come together if you're gonna want to eat because at the end I'm of the day. They are not gonna look at because of your skin tone, whether you white, black, piece of purple. They're gonna be looking at how much money, what classification you're gonna be in. But I, I, I hear what you I hear what you're saying, but this is what's gonna happen. As we're doing these things that you're saying, we're gonna segregate ourselves. We already do that now. You got I mean we already do that now. If you're Haitian, you're Haitian. But you're not black. If you're Jamaican, you're Jamaican. But you're not black. But overall, as a country, they don't know who you is. They already gonna lump you who you are by the color of your skin until you open your mouth and you realize that dialect is a little different. I'm See, saying. we need to all come together. I agree. We need I to all come together. So See, with this, 
I don't but want see, to be right, but I'm saying at the end of the day, it will no longer be at there will be a point in time. You don't think they're making these movies for a reason. There will be no longer there will be no there will be a point in time all low class within all races gonna be living together. But guess what? Yeah, they're gonna probably have a leader of the low class. But guess what? Order, but and then they're gonna have an individual life, but they ass still gonna be rich. It's gonna be it's gonna be that way because us as uh us as a culture is gonna allow that to happen. Why? Because we're fighting each other. Right. I agree. But so, if, we fight, if we don't get this shit together within our culture, I'm telling y'all, I ain't gonna probably be here when it happens. But what's going? It's going. The separation, the line, gonna be drawn. Rich or poor, no matter I mean, what your race is. Right. So I, I mean, personally, you know, I'm, I'm gonna say this. I mean, some people may agree, they don't agree. I want to apologize. I mean, to the Haitian culture, and I want to apologize to Jamaican culture. And I'm not talking about now. I'm talking about when I was a kid. You see what I'm saying? When I was a kid back in the early 80s and 90s, we looked, us as American, black Americans, we looked down on them. Like they were less than us. You understand what I'm saying? And now look at them. Now look at them. They're flourishing, right? And they're sticking together. And we're falling behind the eight ball. And we're falling behind the eight ball. But guess what? If we learned back then that we needed them when we was up, things would be different. They always stuck together. For them to get here, (laughs) they stuck together. They had to. That's why they have banks. That's why... That's why I, I challenge the thought when we talk about reparations and all this other stuff that we feel like we owe to us. That's the reason why we're handicapping ourselves as well as we need this money. We need these reparations. We're handicapping ourselves because they feel like we feel like we owe this instead of going out and getting and taking what we want. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They done took yeah. what they gonna take it. We have to be unified. I agree. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not above it's that. It's going to become what I'm. What I'm. I don't want to be speaking it into existence. But I've. I've. I've already saw the vi- I've, I've Let me just leave it at that. I've already seen it. I got you, baby. I got you. But I just want to speak in existence of things that already been thought about that ain't been said. Absolutely. <laughs> you know what I'm so, saying? That, those were our final thoughts. Uh, for our show tonight. This is going to be a tiered uh, topic because it is that's the only way for us to change the narrative. And But the, the point in what we're doing is not so much as to convince you to be or do. It is more about expanding your thought process. Of what you what role can you actually play in this changing of the narrative, or how can you help someone else more 
whether it's yourself or the younger generation, learn their identity. You know, what work can be put in? What's the work that you can put in? So that's what we're presenting because this is me personally trying to have a better understanding because it's all over the place. And fortunately, because we are in a technology-based time uh, era, we have access to information that we didn't have in real time. So we can see culture from other places right now. And that's what we're going to talk a little bit more about in the, you know, over the next few weeks. Because we're in a time where we don't have to be reading it in a book in the past. We can be looking at present, right now, real-time information. And that is a stepping stone into actually establishing a foundation for identification. Can we agree on that as a people, my people? I can. You know, very good. Right I appreciate you. everybody. Buddha, what are you, what are your closing? Oh, well, I mean, we said enough, man. At the end of the day, I wanted to say that it's up to us where we go now. It's up to Generation X to be the influencer of where we at, where we're going to go into the to the future you got the millennials here but right now it's our opportunity because we are raising we're still raising the children today Absolutely. it's our us to uh, bring this thing to the forefront last but not least i'm gonna uplift my woman she is the pride i love you <laughs> Thank you, Brian, for coming out. My pleasure, my pleasure. It's always a pleasure. You can actually come back next week if you want to. As you know, you know, whatever your time looks like. He's a good co-host uh, while Mr. Buddha is um working afar in a mysterious look. place. I'm hating, but I'm not hating. <laughs> If it's gonna be somebody, it's gotta be somebody that I know he know that can help hold it down. You know what I'm saying? He ain't gonna trust but like maybe four people yeah. to be in this spot over here. You know what I'm saying? Especially on certain levels of topics and so forth. You know what I'm saying? You're one of them, so mm. I know that. Um, so I'm, I appreciate you. You know, you always welcome. Appreciate this it. is, you know, I know you got your platform. Hey, and I'm, everybody. And I'm, and, I'm, and I'm going to be joining the talk as well. So that's going to be interesting. Oh, Shout that's out to Crow. So. Shout out to Crow. This week. Easy. Next week. The, next week, the talk will be live. Mm -hmm. The talk will be live. I will not be there. But there are going to be some strong black men. And we're going to get straight to the point. Nah, I'm good. I let them be great. I'm good. It's gonna be some interesting conversations I'll be in the audience. I need it. I'll be, I'll be in the audience asking questions. Okay, baby. That's good. what I'm doing. My baby's gonna hold it down wherever he at, y'all. Mm -hmm. That's my baby. 
And I'm going to stay beside. <laughs> All right, y'all. Listen, again, for everybody that tuned in tonight, this will be more to come about this particular topic because it is super hella important um, as a culture. You know, we always say, I'm doing it for the culture, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, are you really? You know? What is the fucking so, culture? That's it. What is the culture? So that's why <laughs> my question became, well, what is the culture? Because I see, as Brian mentioned earlier, there's so many aspects of it uh, and, 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 it's, and it's understandable. It's just, you know, because you can hear this, you hear that, you know, but in actuality, get a foundational baseline. Get your, you know, whatever it is, you know what I'm saying? Start asking questions with your grandmama if, you see, if she's still with you, your grandfather, your auntie, your uncle, somebody, one of your elders. Get in communication with them. Go back and start talking to our elders like we used to. They got stories. They got information that they can tell you. They, they want to talk to somebody. Don't forget about your elders. That's first and foremost because we always had a connection with our elders. That's why we where we at right now. You know what I'm saying? Get back with them. Yes, baby. I want to say this too because my uncle, I was, I was hanging out with my uncle yesterday. Right? And he brought something up that was very interesting and understanding to me. So I'm going to share it with everybody else. You know what I'm saying? He said, bury your hatchets. Love your family and understand that life is too short. So whatever issue you have within your own family, understand that that shit does not truly matter in the grand scheme of things and love them because life is too short. Absolutely. And I I can actually say I agree with that. You know, you might not agree with everything, but you still love them. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, love them. Um, I got some sad news but you know we're gonna keep it moving but as a family we're gonna go and take care do what the family does my family in particular we do we do best so Tanya, we on our way to south carolina we are coming shout out to my uncle norman because i know this is not a good place for him knowing about his daughter you know what I'm saying? In a very sticky situation. But we as a family, we are coming together. That's what I know within my little individualized culture. You know, my family. You know what I'm saying? That, that's what I know about culture. It's family. That's what I was taught. So I hope that this helps somebody at least spark those things up in your medulla oblongata <laughs> to at the very least, start asking questions. Start yeah. thinking, what can I do? What role can I play? And we're going to carry on with this. You know what I'm saying? And it's going to be uh, more. Definitely, there's going to be more about this particular topic. And I know that Buddha uh, is going to be, just know that Buddha is going to be participating from 
the nowhere network. A remote location. <laughs> remote location. He's in. He's he's had the top flight. All right. Top All flight. right. So until next week, next time, same energy. You got it. We out. We sipping in conversation. Beat me up, Scotty. Beat me up, Scotty. Sipping in conversation.